Our scripture lesson tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. But before I read that to you, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Luke chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. And Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If you were here a couple of Christmases ago, you might remember that I began my sermon by reading to you some very special versions of the Christmas story from some of our preschoolers in our preschool just on the other side of the church. There were very special versions of their understanding of what happened at Christmas time, and I loved reading those. In fact, I always liked during Christmas time to try to see Christmas through the eyes of a child, to try to see what their vision is of what they understand Christmas to be. And this year, in fact, I went looking for something similar to that, and I found some very special letters to Santa that were written by some children on the other side of the world. They're written in France, and in fact, there's this little town in the south of France that gathers together many of the letters that are sent to Santa Claus, very special volunteers who are helpers to Santa, read these letters each year on Santa's behalf and try to answer some of those letters because Santa, you know, gets so many letters throughout the year. They've been doing this since the 1960s, and over the years, they've seen all kinds of things, kids asking for everything you might think of. But this year, you might imagine, the letters were a little bit different. Even this year, even our children started to realize that Christmas was just a little bit different this year. And they started asking for things. Sure, they asked for all the things that you might imagine that they always do, like cars and ponies and all those kind of things, race cars and video games and all those things that they love, but they also ask for help for our world. A couple of ones I wanted to share with you. A child named Zoe wrote, Dear Santa, I would only like a one single music player this year because I don't want to ask for too many things because of the infection. Another little girl named Lola wrote, Dear Santa, I'm worried about my mother who is a caregiver. So please stay safe and keep the elves safe as you are traveling on Christmas Eve. A little boy named Jim, he included a face mask in his letter. It looked kind of like this, and he wrote, I heart you on the mask. I made one for you so you could see what it looked like. He wanted Santa to stay safe while he was traveling tonight. 
And another little girl named Alina, she wrote, Dear Santa, please come through the front door. The back door is reserved for grandma and grandpa to reduce their risk of catching the virus. See, even our children know that something is different this Christmas. They said that one in every three letters by these children included something along the lines of their worries and their concerns about the world. And in fact, there were even some adults who were writing to Santa this year. There was one adult that said, Santa, adult that said, Santa please replace the current pandemic with a pandemic of love. But all of us hope that something like that can happen on Christmas time. Christmas is that magical time of year, that time that we look forward to at the end of the year. It's the most special day of the year for most of us. And we think of Christmas as that day that things can be fixed, things can be changed, that promises can be kept. It's the day that we look forward to all throughout the year. And we think that even those things in our lives, if we can just get to Christmas, those difficult things in our lives can be fixed and can be changed and can be saved. Julianne was listening to a, a, an interview by Amy Grant this past week. Amy Grant, the, the Christian, contemporary Christian artist. And you might know that Amy Grant has, has uh, performed or, or recorded three different Christmas albums throughout her career. And she said in this interview that for some reason she always recorded those albums when she was going through something difficult in her own life. The first time when she was dealing with her newfound fame and not really sure who she was called to be, she recorded this album and it just gave her this comfort that things would be okay. And then later in life when she had been traveling all over the world and touring and been so far away from home, she recorded another Christmas album and it just made her feel like she was at home. And then her latest Christmas album was right after a very difficult divorce and she recorded that album again. And once again, she just felt like if she could just remember Christmas, things would be okay. All of us would love to think that if we could just get to Christmas of 2020, we'll be all right. But this Christmas, quite frankly, like every Christmas, we realize that Christmas isn't the quick fix that we would like it to be. After we get through all the holly jolly in the next couple of hours, as we open all of our presents tomorrow, we're going to realize that all of those problems that we've been facing are over the past few months, over the past many years, are, are not quite through yet. Christmas isn't the quick fix that we want it to be. And in fact, the day after Christmas and the day after that, sometimes I tend to get the Christmas blues because I wish Christmas had fixed everything the way I wanted it to. And that's when it's important for me to remember that the very first Christmas, it actually was not a quick fix either. We celebrate it that way every single year, but the very first Christmas was not a quick fix either. In fact, the, the, the world that Jesus Christ was born into was probably not too much different than the world we live in now. There were nations fighting against other. There were people who were fighting against other. There were diseases, some of which we have long since forgotten about, that were raging all over the world. There were people who were at each other's throats. The world was turned upside on its head, a topsy-turvy world. Most of the people on that very first Christmas night had absolutely no idea that a baby was even being born in Bethlehem. And even those who did probably just disregarded it as something insignificant, unimportant. There was just a small handful of people, 
a small handful of people who realized that something special was happening. Mary and Joseph, who had heard from those angels, they knew that there was something special about this child. Those shepherds who had been out there in the field and heard from those angels, they knew that maybe God was doing something new. Maybe the ox and the lamb and the, the sheep that were sharing that manger with Jesus, maybe they knew that He was a special child. But the rest of the world, they had no idea. The rest of the world was off in its own world while God was doing something new. The rest of the world was asleep with its own problems while God was at work. And every single Christmas, we come together and celebrate once again, not just to remember what Jesus, what God did 2,000 years ago, but we gather together every Christmas to believe that if God did it before, maybe God could do it again. That while the whole world, the whole topsy-turvy world is off minding its own business, God could be at work. While half the world is asleep tonight, God could be at work and we don't even know it. God could be at work right now, beginning a new plan, changing the world for the better, working to make this world what God always wanted it to be. Even now, in the midst of this weary, weary world that we live in. And if God could do it in a stable, in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, God could do it here. God could do it in our town, in our church maybe even in your home, maybe tonight, maybe this Christmas, you find that Jesus Christ is born again in your house and in your heart so that when you wake up the day after Christmas, you can't just go back to the way things were before. That you realize once again who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ means to you. And you realize that this story, this person who grew up and lived and died and rose again all for our sake is someone that we can't ignore anymore. And so you start to live your life the way Jesus tried to live His life. Instead of pointing to ourselves all the time, we start pointing to God like Jesus did. Instead of just loving ourselves all the time, we love our neighbors like Jesus did. Instead of just serving ourselves all the time, we try to start serving others like Jesus did. And through those little, tiny, insignificant things in your house, in your house, and maybe even my house, while the rest of the world is sleeping, Jesus Christ is born again. Like a little, tiny candle insignificant for one of us. But when it starts to grow, it can light up the world. That's what we come to celebrate on Christmas Eve, to not take those little things for granted because it's through those little things that big stories happen. It's through those little beginnings like a tiny baby in a manger that the story of Easter becomes real. Because even now, 
Christmas. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of the Easter story, the story of the greatest gift that we have ever received, the gift of life everlasting, the gift of life anew, the gift of hope that can never be extinguished. And so we celebrate this night the little things, a new beginning, that even though we know that the day after Christmas the problems that we face in this world will still be there, we have faith that even though we can't see it, God is at work even now, starting something new, taking us closer and closer every day to who God calls us to be. You know, as this year is going closer and closer to the end, I have been thinking about uh, another uh, end of a year about 20 years ago. You might remember right around New Year's Eve in 1999, the world was kind of in a topsy-turvy place then. We weren't dealing with a a virus like we're dealing with now, but we were dealing with a, a different kind of virus, the Y2K virus. And everybody in the world was losing their mind, thinking that, oh my goodness, all of the computers are going to fail, and all of the banks are going to fail, and all of the the public works are going to fail, and the whole world is going to be turned on its head. People were pulling money out of the bank. I had a neighbor down the street who had dug a cistern in their backyard because they were worried that they weren't going to be able to get fresh water. And even on New Year's Eve, the the Americans and the Russians were on the phone together to make sure their nuclear warheads didn't go off. We just didn't know what was going to happen. And at the exact same time, there were a whole group of people in the world who were ready to celebrate Celebrate this new millennium, this very arbitrary date, this turning from 1999 to 2000. People were ready to celebrate all over the world. The world was literally up in arms over this one moment in time that was going to change things. In fact, it was such a big deal that there was a television network that was stationing correspondents all over the world in every single time zone so that you could watch as the clock struck midnight in every single time zone throughout the day if you wanted to. They were in all the big places like Moscow and, 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 and Tokyo and Sydney and New York, all of those places. There was even a, a correspondent on a battleship in the middle of the Pacific Ocean who was straddling the international date line so that we could be in two, time, two days at once. But the one location that I remember the most, I watched some of it throughout the day, the location that I remembered the most was out in the middle of the Arabian Desert. Somehow they got a correspondent standing with a group of Bedouin shepherds. Through the gift of technology and a satellite, this this correspondent was standing there with Bedouin shepherds sitting around campfires right behind him. And as you might imagine, these little shepherds had absolutely no idea what was going on in the rest of the world. They knew nothing about Y2K. They knew nothing about the new millennium. They were doing what they did every single night, sitting around campfires, trying to stay warm. In fact, the correspondent told us that the big news for those shepherds, those Bedouin shepherds that night, was that one of their sheep had given birth to a new baby lamb. That was the big news for these shepherds. Not real big news for the rest of the world, just a little baby lamb born on the other side of the world. But you know, come to think of it, it seems like God changed the world that way once before. Come to think of it, it seems like God changed the world through an insignificant baby that half the world wasn't worried about. 
that half the world didn't know about. Seems like God changed the world that way once before. And our hope this Christmas and every single Christmas is that if God did it before, God can do it again. God can make us Easter people this Christmas because it all starts with something tiny. It could start with you. It could start with me. Because the first time, it just started with a little baby. And thanks be to God for that little baby. Amen.